can't wait till I can walk again. I will mm-hmm. walk all the fucking places. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, our Marvel expert Mark Sherman rejoins us to talk about WandaVision, the new series on Disney+. We spoil the shit out of it, I'm serious. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hey, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. Hello! <laughs> Tim Wick. Chaos magic. <laughs> and our uh, we're, we're, uh, our guest this episode is back after a uh, hiatus due to show titles shuffling around yeah, and, and licensing yeah. and all that. It's Mark Sherman's back to talk about Marvel Yay. shows with us. Yay! I mean, technically, we skipped over that last season of Jessica Jones, so if we need to go backwards to oh, fill in the right. space. Yeah. yeah. We're failures. Yeah, that was all right. <laughs> I, uh, Pretty yeah, much, so, right? But what are we here to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about WandaVision, ah. which is the first uh, MCU show, the first Marvel show on their Disney streaming service, Disney+. Plus. It is nine episodes, and we are going to spoil the shit out of it. And I Oh, would my say, God. I would say that it's, you know, it, it non-spoiler thing to say, and that's that this show expands the Marvel universe in a similar terms of, of quality and depth that Mandalorian does maybe. And, and that in the same way as of Mandalorian, you should avoid spoilers at all costs and see it as soon as you mm-hmm. can, unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, please continue to listen. Mm-hmm. Plus we got our first ever retcon of a Marvel television property, I believe. Uh, from I'm one of the uh, Netflix yeah, I want to dive in. Well, just in just in general, like they have changed the nature of the MCU by rewriting Scarlet Witch's origin to suggest that she had powers before. Yes, sure. And that's that's a big change from from what they well, did because it yeah, also sort of suggests that there are people who are born with abilities which is brand new for the mcu yeah yeah that's a good point because in the mcu we were first introduced to wanda and pho they were like experimented on by yep. a scientist who gave yeah. them powers and that Strucker. was yep. yeah Strucker. mind stone yeah yeah, the, the yeah. Scepter, which we, we see we do see some uh it, i mean they kind of glance over that happening in age of ultron but we really see a lot mm-hmm. more depth behind how they were made and the, the extraordinary process and, and also why they didn't then use that to have a whole army of, of supernatural beings and how they only ended up with one or two because mm-hmm. they were special beforehand or at least yep. Wanda was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say it was specifically retconned since they, what the what they showed us was vague enough that you can't mm. say mm-hmm. for sure they ever said, well, she didn't have powers before. Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, they they certainly made a very strong implication that mm-hmm. yeah. the powers were well, given to her by by uh, by the Mind Stone, the Mind Stone, I think. Um, yeah. But but 
I, I mean, well, I think they would argue that they didn't retcon it, but it's kind of the same way that Marvel often argues that they don't retcon things, even though they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, um, I would. I think. I think what's important about this distinction here is because is the reason that they did the origin of Wanda and Pietro in the MCU and Age of Ultron the way they did is because they were legally, contractually not allowed to have them be born with powers. That's why right. all of the MCU characters had to have a tragic origin story or some sort of event that happened to it. But by by subtly changing that to suggest that some people can just have them while they didn't fling open the doors to mutants with this mm-hmm. series like we had all hoped that they would they opened a window yeah um, yeah it's funny because i know a lot of people were really uh just we're jumping ahead to the end here but i know a lot of people were really upset because they had decided that quick that uh magneto was going to show up like yeah. they <laughs> just decided that magneto was going to be in the show uh because they had pietro and because you had wanda uh well we know that recently in the comics they have retconned it so that Scarlet Witch and Pia- and Quicksilver are not Magneto's kids. Mm-hmm. Like that is right. not a thing anymore. Yeah, uh, they're not mutants. They're, they're not. They're, they're yeah. being I mean, very strict about that right now. Uh, of course, that was all done because they weren't allowed to have mutants in the movies. Right. It's right. all, it's it's very all sort of similar bullshit. They they were briefly flirting with the idea of making them actually uh, inhumans. Mm-hmm. But then they settled on it being um, uh, some sort of experiment. I can't remember the exact villain, uh, the Overmind or something like that, right? That that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did they go back to the High Evolutionary with that? Honestly, that's what I'm, it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the High Evolutionary. Yep, they they went back to that being they're just experiments or genetic offshoots of the High Evolutionary. I will say so. I know some people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, but even people I know personally who were like, the first couple episodes of WandaVision were garbage. They're so stupid. Like, why would I watch a stupid show with a laugh track? It's so dumb. And people were like, convince me it gets better and stuff. And I I found it right from the bat. Uh, Nick and I both, I think, but I, I was just charmed out mm-hmm. of my mind. I thought it was creepy and weird. Uh, I thought it was super fun. I loved that we started with uh, like the father knows best. Uh, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. And, and Mary Tyler uh, Moore. Mary Tyler yeah. Moore beginning, yeah. moving into, uh, and then every decade or and after a while it stopped being decade based and was just more movement based. Like we ended up with Malcolm in the middle uh, after, which they did after like family ties, just the 10 of us growing pains and all that. There were so many amazing little, mm-hmm. like, I hate to call them Easter eggs because every, like, YouTube channel these days is like, the 20 Easter eggs you didn't see. It's like, those are just things that happened. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. But, like, the references were all so that, subtle and great. One one thing that, yeah, made, that made this show stand out compared to almost every other Marvel property out there is how literate it was. And like media literate in general, but like it also didn't hold your hand. I mean, the Marvel movies and shows have a bad habit of treating everyone like your morons. Um, they they do. Okay I mean, we are though, not, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> oh, Tim, honey, oh, honey, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Just, it's not oh. saying they're bad. It's just that they're not challenging. Yeah, and you know, and they don't. I 
I appreciate that they don't, you know, start every single movie off with a 10 minute like recap and they do expect you to have watched all the previous properties. But this reached out to so many other places outside of their Mm -hmm. own storytelling and it didn't give you any explanation for any of it. And it was trusting the audience to to be aware and and I think there aren't a lot of shows out there that actually do that. They're just mm-hmm. they're they're referential, but not in like a timeless sort of way. They make pop culture references that have no weight to them and are lost five years later. You know, yeah. they're very they're quick uh, jabs. You know, little witty banter things. Mm. Uh, uh, but it's yeah, th- this is definitely. It, it sounds, and I want to imply that you know the Mar- other Marvel stuff is bad necessarily, but this definitely had more depth, and and I think that's one of the great things about television as a medium over over movies mm-hmm. is that movies they have to complete an entire story, all these character arcs and all that, in you know maybe two and a half hours tops, right? Unless you're Zack Snyder, yeah, and and so, <laughs> um, and, and, but with this they had you know. Eight, eight hours of of show with a lot that they actually had to cut because they couldn't film additional scenes due to COVID restrictions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, it makes me a little bit grumpy to know that we missed out on some good stuff with, um, uh, what's her name? The scientists and Jimmy and, and Wu and oh, yeah. uh, Spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we we missed out on some additional stuff that they had planned for those three characters. Oh, did they have to cut stuff? Um, they couldn't film them because oh, of COVID sure, restrictions. Sure. Do they do they decide on Spectrum? They're they're not going with. Uh... They haven't said it. Okay, I, I know that's 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 her current username or uh, username. <laughs> I work in <laughs> yeah, IT. Um, yeah. That's her current handle, right? Not uh, she's not going by what was it Polaris before? Yeah, or not yeah, Polaris. No, Pol- she's Spectrum. Um, yeah. Pulsar, Who gives yeah, a shit? Yeah. Pulsar. Pulsar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And when they when they showed it through her eyes, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was viewing like the electromagnetic yep. spectrum around the power lines and stuff. And yep. so right away to me that was like, oh shit, spectrum. Like she's literally seeing into the beyond the visible spectrum of, of life. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a wide age range represented here but we're also all big television dorks did you guys all feel like you recognized all of the references as they were coming even the the older tv or jim yeah. i don't know how much yeah. tv you watched as a like i was a latchkey kid so i watched a shit ton of sitcoms and nick, <laughs> like, at, night. nick at night yeah well, we had we i mean had i'm just gonna point out that y'all nick didn't night, even yeah, refer sure. to the dick van dyke show for the first episode which is oh, yeah. about 90 percent of what that show we was did mention yeah, it. We, we no, did. you said oh, i know what i said you said mary the mary tyler, tyler moore show, show that's which is not the same that is not yeah that's clearly what it was he was tripping over the ottoman he was tricking up tripping over the ottoman yeah no i um I got I got most of it. I mean, by the time you get to uh, the, you know, modern family office mm-hmm. um, references, that's that's yeah. pretty much the moment where we break from from the, the conceit of being stuck mm-hmm. in a television show as the characters themselves kind of break from that conceit. Um, yeah, I'll so, actually say, too, that I actually missed more of the references on the later end of that spectrum than I did on the early side of it. Oh, man. I, I watched not as much modern sitcom television. So the newer it got, I kind of lost some of that nuance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, when they got to the point of doing 
that kind of they did the kind of office introduction and they're doing the camera confessionals mm-hmm. but they're the show is very very clearly uh modern family uh to the point where wanda is doing claire's mannerisms mm-hmm. she's wearing a robe in the same way she's fussing with her hands and, and like and the the super funny thing to me was that vision wasn't being phil dumphy her her husband her kind of comical clowny guy but uh Agatha was Agatha was when she had the kids and she's wearing like the collared shirt through the 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 sweater and pants and all that. That's like literally a Phil Dunphy like trademark. And the way she was talking to them and and hugging them and touching them and stuff, it was very much (laughs) Phil Dunphy, which was surprising to me, especially considering you know what she ended up uh, uh, being revealed to be. Oh oh my god, slaps. (laughs) Oh, that song is so. That song is so good. It it, it was the best it, man. That's the wet ass pussy of this of the winter time. I think like fucking so, great. So it said the the three most influential songs of the pandemic have been toss a coin to your Witcher, wet ass pussy, and it was Agatha all along. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much explains all of it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really does. Because like seriously, I, I just that was such so like the because I loved Agnes. Uh, Catherine Hahn is just amazing. She's oh, got stole every scene timing. she saw in yeah. the season, yeah. And like, she was so funny with just her like, well, gosh, guys, you know, oh, my my husband, Ralph, oh, he's just terrible. Like, it's just such a, it's a character that I was like, I want to do that. I, I could do that. I love that <laughs> character. And so then for it to be like, big wink, like, oh, it was, and she, because this whole time I was like, boy, Boy, it sounds a lot like Agatha. It could be Agatha Harkness, right? Because that be yeah. Agatha Harkness. And they mm-hmm. put her in the witch costume for Halloween. Yeah. And like all of it. It was just. And that, oh. that ironic comeuppance at the end. Oh, that was yeah. delicious and evil. Like that was the meanest thing Scarlet Witch has ever done. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, she, <laughs> she like mind imprisoned an entire town. So she's done a lot of bad not on purpose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's done a lot of bad things unconsciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, so now, now she can do it on purpose. So that's good news. But, well, um, and that I, I like that though because in the comics historically several major events mm-hmm. not not the least of which no more mutants the uh, lead into to house of m and and the mutant genocide she basically caused um Literally you know briefly <laughs> uh she has been a force of change and not not necessarily in a good way throughout mm-hmm. her entire history of the yeah. comics she is responsible for some very questionable shit that's happened yet she is you know a very early on avenger um i love that they didn't undo that in this show like like what she has done what she's responsible for even if it wasn't necessarily fully deliberate is still Mm -hmm. super ethically bad and fucked up she embodies her powers she is chaos yeah yeah, how do we feel? So I read a really interesting article that our, uh, our friend Pat Harrigan shared about uh, how they really just kind of glossed over this horrible thing she did at the end with uh, with that, that Scarlet Witch did by imprisoning the town. I mean, you've got the people in the finale are like, can I please see my daughter? She's been locked in a closet this whole time. Now, I'm pretty sure it's been about a week, right? Like, it seems like it's been 
maybe a week in real time. Uh, but like still, the girl, the woman, the woman who played uh, Kitty in that 70s show was laying there saying, if you won't let us go, just let us die. My God. Like, so, and then Monica Rambeau is like, they'll never know what you gave up for them. Like she should feel like she's a hero for giving up the imaginary family she made and imprisoning all these people. It felt a little weird. So I want to kind of, what do you guys think about that? Do you think they should have been more shaming of her? I mean, I think they heavily implied that she is going on the lam. I don't necessarily know that the authorities that were literally there to take her down should have let her just go so easily mm. um but certainly i don't think those townsfolk are forgiving her the uh they were i mean they were giving her some dirties for sure mm-hmm. in a way that suggested that there's <clears throat> that they don't feel sorry for her despite sure. all of this but it's it is it they definitely didn't spend any time on it but i feel like we're going to be getting more of that in in Doctor Strange and finding yeah. out what the repercussions of that are going to be. I, I definitely feel like this is uh, setting some things up and setting some mm-hmm. things in motion for the larger plan of the next phase of, of yeah. Marvel. There's, um, I still know, think it's highly likely that Scarlet Witch could be the villain of the next Doctor Strange movie. It, well, I, I don't think that's a ridiculous she's idea. She's messing with, I, a, with a pretty creepy book. Um, <clears throat> it, although it, so it seems I, more yeah. likely that they'd make her an anti-hero rather than a full villain, that she'd be she'd be an obstacle that would need to be overcome or something like that. Um, Depends on uh, which storyline they feel like lifting. Yeah, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. It, Molly, to, back to your, to your question, I think that um, it's one of those things where, like, because it is kind of a PG-ish show or PG-13-ish show. Um, clearly a lot of dark things happened Mm -hmm. and there's a line somewhere in there about you know like good guys don't brainwash and torture people or something like that that they that they kind of like agatha says something to that effect yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. but she's but agatha's bad right so like her saying that doesn't really like make it the moral no but but i'm just saying that like like i think that it's there plainly and hasn't been polished at all for everyone in the audience that's old enough to look at it and go, holy shit, this is really fucked up. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. think that they didn't bring attention to it in such a way that would like scar Mm -hmm. some kids, unless those kids are smart enough to figure it out, in which case they're going to be more interesting as teens and young adults. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what do you think? (laughs) Well, all right. Uh, I mean, I read that article uh, and yeah, I think you had, and I, you know, I felt like the show was pretty clear that that what she had done was pretty messed up. Although it's also pretty clear that what she's doing is pretty much unconscious, that she's not necessarily aware Mm -hmm. of what she's doing to these people or how she's doing it. Now she could just be in deep, deep denial, which indeed she is. But I think that the one problem that I have with that article is it's talking about the head of sword and being like the one guy doing all the right things. I'm like, yeah. no, that fucker set her up to do this shit in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe and he didn't doctor, know, dude, maybe he didn't know exactly what she was going to do, but mm-hmm. let's face it. He armed the bomb. He just didn't mm-hmm. know what was going to happen when it blew up mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. didn't care. Didn't yeah. care. 
Um, well, no, we was using this as an opportunity to to do things that weren't technically within the mandate of his own organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a classic thing you see in Marvel, uh, not just in the MCU, but also in the comics, is that the, especially with the mutants storylines, <laughs> is that the government person uh, is going to push somebody to the brink so that they are forced to use their powers or so that they use them under stress. Mm-hmm. And as a result, then they are able to say, I need to be able to do all these extra legal things yeah. because yeah. of the mutant, the mutant menace or all because, because of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, registration act stuff. Yeah. So like, I feel, I agree with you, Tim. When I saw that in the article and they were saying he was the guy, the real hero of the show, it was like, he Bullshit. pushed her hard yeah. because he uh, yeah. knew that she could do something really fucking crazy. Like, he just thought she could manipulate, like, you know, objects or they didn't realize how powerful she is. She's and, a, a and fucking further, chaos. Further, when Monica comes out of the hex the first time and and is talking about what's going on, here's an opportunity for them to work with her that he instantly rejects. So Mm -hmm. he absolutely does not have the best interest. He doesn't give a crap if everybody inside Westview dies. His interest is never their well-being. So calling him... yeah. Yeah. Calling him a hero is... Absolutely missing the point. Now, yeah. it doesn't excuse what taste of boots. It doesn't excuse what <laughs> Wanda did at all. Um, oh, but no. again, I don't think that you know when they're talking about when they sleep, all that they have in their head is her pain. It's like <laughs> how can she doesn't know that she's doing that? You can see she's that asleep. she's asleep. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, if they wanted to to you know raise a flag on that guy and really set off the nerd boners they should have just gone ahead and named him Henry Peter Gyrick there's some there's or, or there are a number of options they could have kind of gone with yeah. there is some you know it, it um with him we uh, we also find out that you know um ty- uh, chronologically one of the first things to happen you know we find out later is her going to sword to to see his his body um, which, you know, some people point out, well, why does America have him? You know, why does S.W.O.R.D. have him? He, he died in Wakanda. And it's like, well, but it was after the snap and there was all this confusion and maybe the Avengers grabbed him to take him with him. You know, mm-hmm. it, that, that didn't confuse me so much. But Probably assumed to bury him. Yeah. Right. But they, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll let you see his body. Sure. And then there's that reveal where she's looking through the glass to see his body like, just stretched torn out, apart. torn into pieces, which is basically straight out of the comics. Yep. There's like a panel of him spread out like that after he gets he bites it once. And that's your husband. But, like if they asked right. him if I wanted to see your body and it was your dismembered corpse, like uh, fucking right. of course. Like, that guy's a hard he knows, he which knows was exactly that that what he's was. doing. Yes, he, he knows exactly, exactly yeah, what he's yes. doing. Because he, he doesn't warn right. her. He doesn't like say that. he doesn't yeah. say, Let me warn you before you see him what you're going to see no. or I'm not sure that you want to see. In fact, he says, oh yeah, I'll take you to his body with a little smirk on his face yeah. because to him, the vision is a weapon and not a person. Yeah. Not a, not a sentient being at all. And so he thinks it's funny that well, she's this upset about losing a, a thing. Yeah. You know? but she, he's also hoping that her emotions will spark the life in him that eventually right. does, you know, yeah. like that's, that's his whole goal and his focus because he says he's failed to put, put him back together again multiple mm-hmm. times right. and you know and it's his ulterior motives become so clear and he is 
I mean, he was just such an obvious mustache twirler from the second he's, <laughs> he's, you know, sidelining the rightful person to take over this organization and arguably for good reasons at the beginning of it. But at the same time, like from the beginning, he he was a sleazy bureaucrat who was looking to climb ladders mm-hmm. and and it's it's having that reveal didn't didn't lessen it now what what i did find particularly shocking about all of that is like when when you find out that he actually did manipulate that video to show her stealing the body mm-hmm. you know that that is a big important thing that they really do gloss over because they set it up that she came in there and she stole that corpse right um and she left it on the table but that was his whole motivation for mm-hmm. going in there yeah. and setting up that barricade and taking over that scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's not a good guy. He's not yeah. a good guy. He has yeah. done multiple illegal acts that Although, we have seen. And that's not counting the things that we haven't. He is not the hero of the story. Yeah. Although so, I mean, so, I'll disagree with you that they gloss it over because there, I think what they did is they allowed the audience to to make that connection. It's like, sure. who else? Nobody else saw what Wanda did. So nobody else can call that lie except Wanda, right? So mm-hmm. no other character in the show can call him on that lie. So it's just trusting us to go, you remember that video that we showed you? Here's what really happened. It doesn't match. And letting the audience know that. And I, I don't know if there was a really smooth way to write that, that sure. they would have been able to come back and go, huh? It, um, yeah. So, um, uh, before we, uh, a couple things I want to make sure we cover mm-hmm. here. Uh, did anyone have a particularly favorite moment, or 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 character or episode or something they want to want to discuss that comes to mind? I, I have mine handy if you guys want to think it, on think, yours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know. Uh, just just in general, the the it, it comes as a. Uh, as a as a reference later the flourish um <laughs> when when it, you know jimmy woo does that when he's escaping from the handcuffs later after seeing vision do it well drunk on bubblegum yeah performing uh, at the fundraiser the well doesn't flourish. darcy also say that when she escapes I, from the cuffs I, uh, from a f- i don't uh, it's chains i don't remember chains, if she yeah. does or not maybe sure, yeah well, but uh and and tied to that with jimmy woo in general was great yeah. But the the very beginning when he flips that his business card out uh, for uh, Monica, that is the card trick that that Scott Lang Ant Man does to him when mm-hmm. he's checking on him while he has the ankle bracelet on and he's on house that's arrest. Right. Yeah. So when he's been under house arrest practicing card tricks the whole time, that seems to have rubbed off on, on this FBI agent that's been watching him this whole time. And now he's picked up some of those card tricks. Yeah. I think it shows how charming Scott Lang, Paul Rudd as Scott Lang is. Mm-hmm. And it really makes Jimmy Woo an endearing character. And I would, I would love to see, you know, the they've been, people have been saying like, oh, they need to do like an X Files type show with with him and Darcy. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not opposed to that as I long like... as it's Disney Plus quality yeah. and not like Agents of Shield quality. Yeah, 
So that that leads into mine, uh, which is the potential of the characters that showed up in here, one being Jimmy Woo. Um, and if they want to do that show with Darcy and him as an X-Files type show, if it's not named Agents of Atlas, I don't know what oh, yeah, it could right? possibly be. Like they have so many opportunities to go interesting places with that character and with those properties that, you know, there's there's a history with that character that goes into some weird ass places. Um, and, and I think that's the kind of stuff that Marvel really does well when they go weird, yeah. you know, and like that's that I find interesting, but more than anything else, like we've got the twins now, more or less, we're going to have Kate Bishop. I bet dollars Cassie. to donuts that it, Cassie, who they've recast as an older, um, yep. as an older person, I would bet that the plot line of a good chunk of uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon is going to be who gets to take up the shield. That seems to be fairly obvious, and Patriot. I think we're going to see Bradley show up there yeah. as the grandson of the original Captain America. And we're going to have that established. And we know that Kang is coming up as a major villain in the movies. America Chavez, too, is confirmed. So we've got all the pieces of the puzzle basically in place and plenty of opportunities to introduce Novar with uh, with Captain Marvel. So we've got the Young Avengers coming, whether or not that's Mm -hmm. a movie or another series. I would hope it's a series. Yeah. um, Because everything is now in place essentially to make some version of that story happen. And and there's no reason they can't with the Loki show, we could get a kid Loki to join them too. Yep. That's what I was thinking too. That journey into mystery kid Loki stuff by Karen Gillan is that's like Marvel's Sandman. Like that is really exceptionally good mythological, you know, barely superhero, superhero comics. And and there's no reason they shouldn't rob that story blind for the show. Mm -hmm. Tim, what was your favorite moment? Uh, you know, we, we we started talking a little bit about the early shows and how some people didn't like them and, and how they're dumb. Uh, but I actually, the first episode I thought was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and Agreed. I thought the end of that episode, there, there were parts in the middle, like when when Vision's just like, what what do we do here? What, what, what are we doing these equations for? Mm-hmm. Um, but that scene at the dinner table where where this whole thing goes from sitcom to creepy, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. When they're asking Vision and Vision and Wanda about their, you know, when did they get married and mm-hmm. and all this this history stuff and the two of them almost short circuit um, mm-hmm. is is it's it's that moment where you go, okay, this isn't. This isn't just we're doing some homages to to sitcoms that there's something else going on here. And we're not Mm going to we're not going to give it to you in one bite. We're not going to give it to you right away. You're going to have to you're going to have to stick with this uh, in order to in order to really see how this how this story unfolds. And I think it rewarded a lot of patience and anybody Mm who who sat there failed to recognize that there's something weird going on when you take characters who are clearly Wanda and Vision Mm -hmm. and put them in a sitcom where they don't belong, but it's clearly just like a sitcom, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. And it's like, there has to be a reason this is happening. 
And as you see it get a little bit weird, you recognize, okay, there is a reason that this is happening. And I don't know what it is yet, but I am totally invested in finding out. Um, that, tie, that ties into my, my favorite moment, which is because I loved all of that. But to me, mm-hmm. that really came to a head. The first time Agnes, uh, she said something and then she said, was that was was that OK? Do I can take it again if you want. Do you want? She's in like the exercise. She's like, yeah. Do, yeah. Like, do you want to, Do you want me to take it from the top? And Wanda goes, what do you what do you mean? And she's like, oh, I mean, if you liked it, I just want to make sure you're happy. And and it's such in hindsight, knowing, you know, the, what mm-hmm. happens with Agatha at the end. That's very, very great because that's her trying to be like, OK, I want to wake you up like you're doing this thing. And this is me trying to be like, wake up. I want to know if you if you're the Scarlet Witch. I want to know if you have these where this power comes from. But at the moment when you didn't know that she was behind everything, it was this like, oh fuck, oh fuck, they're aware. Like some like like they're aware that that Wanda is doing because it was mm-hmm. very much like the Twilight Zone with the little boy where mm-hmm. they all was, they all yeah. yeah where they all love and they all just want to make him happy. It's good that you have these powers. It's so good that you yeah. have these powers. We just want you to be happy, and so it felt very much like that. And so that was that moment for me where all the little creepy stuff that had been kind of dropped along, Vision being like, uh, oh okay, yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm happy, and then like. Mm-hmm with her just being like, should we, should we take it again? Was just so like, ah, fuck, what is happening here? Yeah, Yeah, it was great. Um, Along those lines really fast, I've got one other little moment that I loved. Um, So Evan Peters, who played (laughs) fake Pietro, (laughs) the only one who doesn't show up as a character until the very end is the only member of that town that we seem to be introduced to who's an aspiring actor. Oh, yeah. He's kept off camera most of the time, and he's not being manipulated to act by Scarlet Witch. He's being manipulated by Agnes in a Uh very, very different way. Also, it's just nice that um, she was calling him out by name the entire time. My husband, Ralph. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's the house that she was living in. Yes. Ralph Boner. It reminds uh, me. It reminds <laughs> me of. Uh, uh, it reminds me of at the end of is it Iron Man three with Ben Kingsley where yeah. he's re- where he's revealed to be yeah. Trev, this fucking like <laughs> like chav of a dude who's just like a wannabe actor who's just been oh very blessed and trying to be in many productions and like it felt very much like that like find the guy who's desperate you know who will do the role yeah. and and yeah I I also just want to really quick just. Uh, touch on the majesty that is Paul Bettany's acting. (laughs) My God. Like he, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen's great, but, but honestly, I think him playing all those different TV, iconic TV dads and husbands, but also Mm -hmm. playing them in a way where every now and then he just sort of got this like far away look and was like, but why are we wait? What, you know? And it was just, and then she would be like, Okay, no, you're, you know, and just he just like he played it so well without it being like, oh, I'm under mind mm-hmm. control. He's just so fucking good. So yeah. uh, I, do, I do also have a, po- a bonus one that I wanted to mention, which was because uh, nobody mentioned it. Monica waking up uh, post blip uh, and that whole scene in that hospital, oh, yeah. which is yeah. the yeah. first time we've seen the moments after the snap when yeah. understandably everybody would be like, what the fuck just happened um, the moments after the reverse snap yeah yeah, when it, you know, when it yeah. Back. it's, yeah. it's uh, pretty fucking it's 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 yeah. amazing and kind of fucking brutal 
Um, yeah. Yep. I, I think that, and that, that leads into uh, the next thing I want to talk about before we get to five questions, I think, is um, Mark, you know, you talked about Young Avengers a little bit, but like, what are, what does this mean going forward for the MCU and like, for, what do we think? for Disney Plus? Yeah, like, not just, not just theories wise, but like, now that they have this ability to tell stories in a different way that isn't the same as like shield or runaways mm -hmm. or um something that's in, integrated in humans yeah in, in humans come on uh <laughs> right what what does this mean going forward or do you, do you have any theories about that and i think you know obviously this does add a lot of depth to the mcu this lets them really uh flesh out the world and and um the you know these minor characters these background things the way the world works when these big superhero events are happening mm -hmm. and we don't have the time to stop and see how this is affecting regular people and and um and what it means for you know just just folks and governments and schools and and all that i i love that we're getting to see uh it's it's like mandalorian did for star wars right it was yeah. a lot of lore yeah it was a lot of really deep lore that touched on a lot of stuff that that was very you know deep in the weeds for star wars um wandavision was the start of something similar i feel like and that's the it really got into the lore of this world that is based on the comics but there's still a lot that's very very new yeah. and and I'm, I'm very excited for winter soldier I, i've always been excited for it but now after seeing what they did with wandavision i'm very excited for winter soldier knowing that they're they've got flag smasher they've got baron zemo and his fucking mm -hmm. legit mask and with the rumors that the the woman that they have cast uh who played emphasis nest i can't recall the actor's name uh may in fact be screaming mimi which yeah. sets them up to do Thunderbolts, mm -hmm. which I have no reason to believe they wouldn't do that. That's a very practical thing they could do, but very, yeah. very exciting. So uh, if any of you have, that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> that was I, uh, question. <laughs> what, you, what is this set up for you? That as you're, a, yeah. a non-expert in the Marvel Universe, uh, <clears throat> to me, what this show represents, I mean, this is the Iron Man of the Disney Plus series, right? It's like, mm -hmm. if you get Iron Man right, the MCU works. And if you get Iron Man wrong, everything everything kind of collapses. So so what what this was was we're going to take this concept of creating television shows within the greater the greater MCU and where if we do it right everybody's going to be in for whatever comes next. Um, and they did it right. And that means that, that we have there, that means that they are going to continue to take chances and to build to other things using this medium in addition to the medium that they already had, which I think mm -hmm. uh, just means more really amazing stories, but told in a different way uh, that, that you, you could not have told this story in film. You couldn't have yeah. done it. Um, and so that, that, is really important to me that they they took their first opportunity to tell this kind of story in a TV show format and kind of kind of knocked it out of the park. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of hesitant about what this means for the upcoming MCU as a whole. Feige has said, I don't, I've never known how to pronounce that. I'm assuming it's Feige. That's how we That's say right. it. Yeah, yeah, um, is that he's. <sighs> 
like that these shows now count and that they're important to the story of the MCU, right? But how much do they mean that? Because how much can you rely on your audience having watched all of this premium content on a subscription-based service to inform what they're going to go see when they sit down in the theaters the next time? And I think you can rely on 30% of your audience to be fully informed, but I think much more than that, you're pushing it. So I'd be... I'm. I'm waiting to find out what the first movie that is impacted by this really looks like. And that's probably going to be um, Dr. Strange. Yeah. I think uh, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, I would agree with you that you could only probably count sure. on 30% of the audience having it, but everybody I know has Disney plus even people I know who were like, I'm never going to add another streaming service. <laughs> they caved because it's been a year of being locked inside. And after a while you're like, I need something else to watch. And if it's only 12 bucks a month or whatever it is, like, it's, you know, it's, if, one of the it's cheapest cheap, services. it's really cheap. So I, I, yeah. So I really think that, I think that we've got, uh, they they got lucky with the pandemic in that way because it did make so that they have a larger audience. But what I was going to say that I think this means especially is I'm looking forward to the development of magic in the MCU because mm. up until now we've really only had Doctor Strange, uh, which he does gold magic. And uh, now we see Scarlet Witch does red magic and Agatha did purple magic. So I just want to point out there are now three <laughs> kinds of magic being used for sure uh, in that sense. Thor, Thor's people use blue and I think red magic. And, and see, they're gods, so it's a little different. These are mm -hmm. human beings on Earth sure. who, who are magical beings. And I think magic is one of those uh, things of the MCU that doesn't get it, it hasn't gotten really explored very much. We've got a lot of tech. We've got a lot of serums. We've got a lot of mm -hmm. uh, a scientist experimented on me, and now I can do this thing. Gem-based yep. powers. Yeah, gem-based uh, powers, but no, like, true fucking magic, and well, that's but, exciting. But Feige says that even this is still technology-based, all of this. Like he's we'll still, see. Yeah, he still says this is science yeah, magic, except but. they literally showed Agnes as being a witch or Agatha as being a witch yeah. in like 1500s. But I mean, I, mean, I, I get it. I'm with you on that. Dude but. can say that's, what he wants. That's, <laughs> what basically, <laughs> that's basically saying that like, well, it's that whole Reed Richards, Dr. Doom thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because magic has rules. It's just another science. Sure, yet, sure. Like yeah. scientists can't do it because mm -hmm. it doesn't play by we their don't rules. Understand yet. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sufficiently advanced. Yada, yada. And, I mean, the thing, though, about what you were saying, Mark, is, you know, if I go to Infinity War, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you could have somebody watch Infinity War and they they'd get most everything that's happening in there without the background. Now, having mm -hmm. the background makes it a more powerful movie, no question. Sure. You're more invested in the characters, mm -hmm. but you can still tell that story without the audience having seen it. So I feel yeah. like, you know, they, they're going to be able to tell Strange 2 where the audience doesn't have to have seen WandaVision to enjoy Strange 2, mm -hmm. but they're probably going to enjoy Strange 2 on a different level if they've got that extra piece of background. It's like sure. Stephen King books. You can read a Stephen King book and you'll enjoy it just as much as you would. But if you've read all the Stephen King books, I guarantee every <laughs> Stephen King book is a little better because there's they, they build on each other. They refer to uh, each other. The Brandon Sanderson Cosmere too. The Brandon Sanderson yeah. Cosmere. Yep. It's it's uh yeah. I I think the the consensus is here that 
we all really liked WandaVision yeah. and we're all looking forward to, to either what that means for stories, characters, or, you know, the, the media, the MCU as a whole going forward. They said WandaVision would return, didn't they? They said Wanda will return. Wanda, Wanda will return. return. And, clearly, and clearly Vision will return. Yeah. And whether yeah. or not he shows up in that classic white comic costume or, or in color, we'll find out. I do like how he tricked himself with his own robot brain. That yeah. was pretty good. He's like, hold on, logic me. But what about this logic? And he's like, that is good logic. And I, uh, I guess, yeah. A friend of the show, Matt Kesson, pointed out that... Uh, uh, WandaVision made ship of Theseus trend on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, I dig that. That's great. Uh, all right. So we have five questions yeah. with a little bit of a preface to them. What? That's right. So what? we have five questions from friend of the show and jingle writer, Jeffrey Brown. Uh, so he <laughs> is the person who co-wrote the theme song that you all love and hate so much. Uh, he and Tim Sorry co-wrote that. that. Yeah. Uh, and he, they're singing on it. <laughs> Jeffrey uh, actually also does web development. And so we paid him with your Patreon funds and support. Uh, we finally got to the level where we uh, could afford to pay him to rebuild our website. Uh, and he has done that. He's working so he on it now. It's in the, it's in the process. Yeah. But uh, so it's, he had five questions for us. So we decided uh, since we couldn't pay him as much as he's worth, that we are going to <laughs> answer his questions ahead of the line. Just to just to, this is this is the exposure that artists love to work. You're for. welcome. You know, Jeffrey, you know, yeah. In a previous <laughs> episode, we mentioned that there might be some website hiccups mm-hmm. and you might see some double posts of, you know, one day you might log in and iTunes says you have 50 new episodes and you do not have 50 new episodes. Uh, just, you know, another heads up that things like that, it might be a rough couple of weeks or yeah. a month or whatever, but it's all going to lead to something uh, better. And that's thanks to our patrons who, if they can send us their five questions, we'll bump them to the front of the list. So we're going to do our best to make sure that there's always an episode on Tuesdays, but if there ever isn't just assume that we know and we're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Jeffrey's five questions. Question one, what's your real middle name? Uh, Mine is Catherine McBride. I have two middle names because when we got married, I decided to keep my maiden name as a second middle name. So I am, my middle names are Catherine and McBride. I, uh, my initials spell Nag, so my middle name is uh, Adam. Mm-hmm. Tim, my, my middle name is Scott, which was the middle name of my mother's father. Ah, so you got a Scott, you got a Scott look to you. You got a whole Scott situation yeah, going I? on. I feel mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big Scott vibes. Big Scott energy. Yeah, big Scott energy. All right, Mark, what's yours? My parents uh, doubled down on the biblical names, uh, and I share a middle name with Nick, so it is Adam. Mark Adam. All right. All right, so uh, question two. What's the first website you go to when you open your browser? Uh, Wait a minute. What's the first website you go to when you open your browser? Well, say in your desktop. (laughs) What's your desktop browser home? Gmail. Gmail is my home. Yeah. Uh, when Mine I, is teamwork for work. When I open a browser, it is a blank. I have a I have a non-web, non-homepage. Okay. It's blank. Okay. But the first thing I go to is, I'd like to say it's probably email, but it's probably more honest to say that it's Facebook. It's definitely yeah. Facebook. Well, Facebook's second. <laughs> Facebook is second. No question. Yeah. Mark? Um, well, I don't know that in the last 10 years I've opened a browser and it didn't already have 50 tabs in it. Oh, right. Um, but 
Uh, if I were to open up a browser and go anywhere, it's probably actually defaulting to um, the internet homepage for where I work. Um, mm -hmm. Because I build that software and I test all of that on every laptop that I essentially use, so it just goes to the homepage for my yeah. for my work. That's mine. Yeah, mine just goes to my my projects on Teamwork, so I'm, yeah. I just have that set for Chrome. Yep. But sa sadly, like Nick, I probably also go to some form of social media. Usually, it's Facebook. Sometimes it's Twitter if I'm feeling sad. If I'm opening it and going somewhere, I'm going to the Washington Post to just mm. see, but not so much anymore. That's not yeah. as much anymore as it used to be. Yeah. There was mm. a while where I, every time I opened my browser, I went to the COVID Minnesota uh, Department of Health page, but that's been a little more steady these days. So, okay. Question three, what was your favorite thing you studied in school? It says thing. So you, I will let that be subject or specific thing that you studied. What was your favorite thing you studied in school? Design. Design? Design. What kind of, Theatrical what kind of design. Theatrical design. Because mm. I thought I was going to be an actor until I took my first design course. And then I was like, nope, this is what I want to do. And of mm. course, it's not what I ended up doing, but it was still my favorite course. So yeah. it was design. I just, recent, I just recently found my final senior project from that uh, in, in our basement, our old basement. Yeah. Nick, what's your favorite thing you studied in school? Oh boy, um, there. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a tricky question mm -hmm. uh, because I know what I had the most fun studying in school, and it had nothing to do with school. But uh, <laughs> but I is it girls' butts? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but it, I, I would say um, uh, I really had a lot of fun in uh, active desktop administration. Uh, like Windows Windows Server administration class, even though that's something that I don't really like doing and I don't want to deal with like organizational units and all that shit or be a server admin. Uh, it was so fucking easy yet like felt like an accomplishment. So sometimes when things are too easy, you're like, it's there's no sense of, of satisfaction there. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like it, it was easy and, and fun and rewarding somehow. Mm-hmm. Mark, what about you? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm your classic high-functioning underachiever, uh, so I can't honestly say that I enjoyed anything until I got to, <laughs> to college. That's um, fair. College um, is cool. Yeah, and and I would say that like once I finally like settled in there, I think I I enjoyed. I enjoyed a couple of classes that I took in in college that were all part of like an integrated studies program that all just kind of made like six or seven different subjects into like three classes. Um, and you stayed with basically the same like 10 or 12 people. So I was, it was the opportunity to, um, to, to be a snob and, uh, and to be a teacher's pet by being, by nagging the other students to explain <laughs> themselves. Um, and that's, I don't feel good about that, but like <laughs> this, the, I guess the subject that I enjoyed the most was devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, That's actually yeah. close to mine. Uh, I took debate for two years. Mm. I was on the debate team and I went to state and I loved, I loved policy debate. That was my favorite yeah. thing that I studied. I, I loved it. The only reason I didn't do it in college was I kind of, I, I, uh, I was a high functioning overachiever. And so I uh, burned out real hard in my mm. college prep school. By the time I got to college and it was like, oh, uh, no one cares. 
just show up and 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 you'll you'll be fine i really bur- I, I dropped out of like my sports and activities and a lot i just needed to like not do something because i was so overscheduled. i did it to myself i should point out but <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh question four what's a food that takes you back to a specific time and place it, it, for me it's a combination more so than a specific food but uh uh, dill pickle chips and Diet Mountain Dew together is a very high school flavor combination for me. And it brings me back to like the first one of my friends to have his own apartment when I was still in high school and like hanging out there with all the, the other people, you know, are roughly our age and, and up mm-hmm. to no good and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like my go-to was like, Diet Mountain Dew and dill pickle chips. And even though they've changed the recipe or the flavor of dill pickle chips, they still, when I eat them, it's still a little bit reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer sausage, cheese, and club crackers will always make me think of being on the pontoon boat in the summer at my grandparents' cabin. And we would take the boat out and we would just, that's what we would have for lunch. And like, we would just swim off and we would be out there for hours, honestly. Like as little kids, we'd fall asleep in the shade you know, inside the boat part and like all the adults would lay out and like, yeah, I, I, anytime I eat like charcuterie like that, I always, I always think of being on the boat. Uh, Jello brings me back to dinners in my college uh, cafeteria because sometimes, I mean, it was a cafeteria, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. the food was just disgusting and Jello was what you had. Um, mm-hmm. and Jell-O's it was, always good. Yeah, Jell-O's always good, and it was hard mm-hmm. enough that you could juggle it. So um, nice. So yeah, that that that's a memory that nice that comes from food. Yeah, Mark? Um, Chicago Red Hots. Um, mm-hmm. If if it is a Portillo's, that's my family when I was a kid. If it is a a Gene and Jude's with nothing but onions and mustard on it with French fries stuffed in there and wrapped all together. That's the extended family. And if it's basically any other Vienna beef, Chicago style dog dragged Mm -hmm. through the garden, that's, that's me and my friends eating at a hot dog cart under an L station, going to a punk rock show uh, or the, a ska show somewhere in Chicago. Like that's, you know, taking trips from, from Minneapolis after I'd already moved out over here and being back in my hometown and getting a shit meal before going to trash myself in a mosh pit. Yeah. Um, Stumbling, stumbling home from karaoke at four in the morning and uh, getting a hot dog because it was on the way home. It was a, it was a big Chicago memory of mine. Yeah. Okay. And question five, because Jeffrey is trying to shake us down. Do you carry cash? And if so, how much? (laughs) I don't carry cash. If I did, it would be a $20 bill. I used to always have an emergency $20 bill on me, but I don't go anywhere anymore. So I very, I, no one wants my dirty, filthy hand money. Well, so. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the, this answer is different this past year. Yeah, for, me, for sure. Right? But like, I, I kind of eschew cash. I don't, I don't like having it uh, or using it, but these days I have had more cash on me than normal, mm-hmm. even though that's not what you'd expect because uh, in in moving, we brought a lot of stuff to like half price books and got rid of a lot of you know old video games mm-hmm. and old books and stuff like that. And so I ended up like sometimes having like a five or a ten in my wallet because they they pay you out in cash. So 
to the point where like I had to go to the bank to make a cash deposit after selling yeah, so much no, stuff funny. at one point. And it's just like, mm-hmm. man, I normally don't do cash at all, but for some reason during a pandemic moving, <laughs> that's the best time to have a bunch of physical yeah. dirty. I tell Jeffrey how much cash you have on you so he can come rob you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, my answer is uh, that I work as a delivery driver, which means ninety oh, percent sure. of my income is tips, and I'm also a performer, which ninety percent of my income is tips. Uh, so yes, I carry cash, and I am not telling you how much I carry. <laughs> I, hear, I hear driver has over twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I generally try and keep an emergency twenty on me, like Molly and like Nick. Uh, similarly, I have recently started to just accrue money because because of the pandemic, I cannot spend my money. And I've just been kind of slowly like getting a 20 here and a 20 there from various things that I don't even remember at this point. So right now, honestly, yeah, sure. I've got like $200 in my pocket and I have no idea what I'm doing with it. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that, Molly. <laughs> I imply that Mark sucks dick for cash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's, I, I think most of it has come from like small little like things that I've uh, laser cut projects that I've done for that little side business that I have. So sure. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks Mark for coming back to talk to us uh, about WandaVision. Uh, hopefully we can have you back on for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which starts in just like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, real soon. We'll have new there's Marvel one, There's content. only one week off, I think. We get one Friday off and then right back yeah, into it. The, there's new Marvel content every week for the rest of the year. If yes. you include, if you include like Spider-Man and, and Black Widow mm-hmm. and the stuff in the theaters, there's like a, almost every week for the rest of the year, there's some new Marvel content, which is what a fucking weird... That's not well, something I ever would have expected. Been compressed a whole year, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope those movies come out on Disney Plus because my ass isn't going to be in a movie theater until 2022. Fucking a. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you saw WandaVision, you want to talk to us about it or had a favorite moment, we'd love to know what it is. Feel free to drop us a comment on uh, Facebook or Twitter, whatever you you happen to be using. Uh, maybe we'll have something for that on the website. You can keep an eye out. Uh, if you go to geekswithoutgod.com, you can check out our website. It might be your last time to check out the website that was made by not professional web designers before <laughs> it was a team <laughs> failure. I mean, effort. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so check, check it out and, and take a look at some of the stuff we have there. Maybe look at an old uh, episode or something. And if you want to drop us a few bucks uh, on Patreon, uh, we would love that. You get episodes early when Molly and I aren't in the middle of a move and haven't uploaded the episodes early yet. Uh but typically that's a thing. And sometimes, you know, if you're lonely for human faces and you give us a few bucks more a month, you can see the videos of these recordings where uh, you can see, you know, into our pandemic houses and how much our hair is all grown. Otherwise we'll have another episode up next Tuesday. Keep an eye out for it where you get all your normal geeky atheist co- uh, podcast stuff. Bye. 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 It was Agatha all along. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. 
And you can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I'm just going to go make some pasta. <laughs>